today on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. We followed yesterday, of course, uh, the bail hearing of alleged hacker Kareem Baratov. He was denied bail yesterday. Uh, is there an appeal coming? What goes on from now, uh, from this point forward, moving on? Uh, what is involved in extradition? Let's bring in Jeffrey Reed, Hamilton attorney, and he is with us now. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you today? I'm fine, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. So well, first of all... Uh, that's fine. Sounds like you've got a, a full uh, dance card. we got yeah. lots to talk about today, that's for sure. Uh, are you surprised that bail was denied in this case? No. I, I think the cheap talk around uh, town and uh, in the street and amongst my colleagues was that uh, the uh, fear of flight uh, was so high, or at least the uh, you know the grounds for that was so were so great that it would be difficult to uh, um, to get over that hurdle. Um, uh, I, I, I understand that Justice Whitten uh, um, denied bail, and I understand, but I'm not really clear. I haven't read the decision that it was probably on the primary ground. He may have had uh, other grounds as well, because you know you can deny bail on the ground one is, will the person come back or not? The judge is not satisfied of that, then that's one ground. A second ground is, even if you think a person will come back, will the person commit further offenses? And then the third ground is the so-called tertiary ground. That's the third level, which is it, it's uh, so egregious that uh, the public would lose confidence in the administration of justice. But everybody thought it was the first ground, the one that that, that would be doubt uh, um, about whether uh, this person might fly, uh, flee or not. Uh, what about the parents' testimony saying that they would keep all devices away from him and that, you know, their place would be worse than jail, so to speak? Uh, obviously, the judge came back and said, well, uh, and, and made reference to, well, clearly you didn't know what was going on under your own roof while he was accumulating this wealth that was very uncharacteristic. So that didn't seem to hold much weight, did it? No, and that's a perfect example of where a judge actually has to hear the actual evidence and size up, uh, you know, whether it's reliable or not. Um, and and judge in deciding that uh, doesn't necessarily, you know, there's lots of ways of slicing and dicing it. In some cases, the judge might say, "I just think you're not a, 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 a I think you're you're not being truthful," or might say, "I think you're being truthful and sincere, but I don't think you're effective." And that's very often the typical approach the crown will take in many a case, not just this, even in uh, ordinary uh, what I call day-to-day uh, criminal offenses, common common criminal offenses, which uh, you know the. The person will come forward and say, I can do the supervising, let me be the surety to supervise this person, and the Crown will often explore the idea, well, you know, what have you known about this person up till now, where, where have you been, what have you been doing, uh, and if the person's, and it's a bit of a, a loaded thing, because the person says, well, I, I didn't know what was going on, the Crown says, aha, so you don't really uh, supervise very well, and there are answers to that, or the person says, well, I knew what was going on, that's even worse, and the Crown says, so you knew what was going on, you weren't doing anything, so um, it comes back to the judge saying, is that likely to be, A, something I can rely upon, and B, would it be effective? Because even if these people are sincere, the judge might say, but I don't think that you're in a position to really fulfill that, uh, that, that, that assurance. Uh, what about his ability, you know, they said they were going to keep him off the internet and such, but what about his ability to, uh, you know, obviously he's very prolific when it comes to this sort of thing. Uh, was there really any way to properly surveil him, I mean, and, and, and keep him under wraps and, and, and knowing that he, he, he would be, uh, you know, not a flight risk? There just wasn't really any way to guarantee that, was well, there? Well, short of, short of a house arrest, which... I don't know uh, whether that was or that card was played or not. Uh, I, I wouldn't. 
um, I wouldn't be surprised if it had been. A house arrest is basically where a person is uh, is literally in their house under uh, supervision all the time. I, I remember seeing some sort of a quote to the effect that the uh, the, the parents were saying, uh, you know, he, this is going to be worse than in jail as mm-hmm. far as how restrictive it is. But again, it comes back to how effective you think that will be. Will the person be able to slip out from under the uh, the watchful eye of whoever's looking over them? Uh, will they be able to access um, uh, what? Um, you know the internet uh, mm-hmm. through one means or another. It is true that it appears from everything we've heard that uh, this fellow is very uh, proficient uh, in in the, the internet world and uh, computers. So what happens now? Can he appeal this? Yeah, he can. It's interesting because. Um, without getting really technical, it's almost impossible not to, but this is a a decision by a judge of the Superior Court, and there really isn't an effective uh, means or a clear-cut means of doing that. And yet there is a practice uh, whereby um, um, there are some cases that uh, they can be uh, um, reviewed by uh, a judge uh, in the uh, Court of Appeal. So um, I I think there is a route to do that legally, uh, but it's more a question of, you know, even if you've got a sort of a legal route, the question is, is it effective? And that, that really means, is are you able to show another judge of a higher level of court that, uh, that there was something wrong about this? And mm-hmm. the judge is likely to defer to the trial judge. If the trial judge thought about the proper principles, heard all the evidence, didn't misunderstand the evidence, stated it correctly, and then said, well, this is my judgment, higher court's not likely to change it. If there's a change of circumstance, that could be a little different. Oh, and I, I just want to correct something. I, I know that uh, I, I spoke with Bill, uh, Bill Kelly uh, yesterday, and he was asking about uh, who, who had the burden on this. That's been an interesting subject of debate amongst my colleagues. And again, uh, none of us that I'm aware of were actually present during the hearing and, and, and not privy to uh, that stuff. But I, I just want to correct something, because I had said, well, you know, the burden's on the, uh, on the accused person at, the, at this first level that they've just finished. Um, that's in some cases. In in most cases, apart from uh, where there's a warrant for the person's arrest issued by the uh, International Criminal Court, uh, apart from those, it's the ordinary system where uh, the Crown has to show cause why the person should be kept in. In other words, the burden's on the Crown. Hmm. But there are a lot of exceptions to that. And I, I don't know specifically what offense he's accused of committing in the United States, because there has to be a parallel offense in Canada in order for him to be extraditable. So, in other words, if you commit, to make an obvious uh, example, a theft in the United States, well, we have theft in our law. It's a parallel offense, so it's an extraditable one. But if they have some peculiar offense that has no parallel here, it wouldn't be. So it may be that there are offenses that they're looking at down there that there are parallel offenses here that would trigger a reverse onus. I just want to clarify that in case people have been listening and saying, does, does this fellow really know what he's talking about? It's, it, it, it's just not perfectly clear. My colleagues were a little puzzled by that because Justice Whitten, as he was quoted in the newspaper, had uh, talked about, or at least had been re- referred to in the newspaper um, uh, in the media, uh, about uh, whether uh, the accused had uh, shown justification for his release, which obviously shows the burden is on the accused. But the question was why. So hmm. mostly, mostly the accused, uh, the Crown has to show it, but there are some exceptions. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.